Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Connor McSpadden. Hey everybody, welcome to Conspiracy, the show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Connor. Connor McSpadden. Yeah, I didn't know. I've, yeah, the full name, Connor Paul McSpadden. I didn't know your middle name was Paul. It is, yeah, after my uh, after my uh, great-grandfather. Interesting. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's an alright middle name. It doesn't come up much. Yeah, it's not a name you hear a lot anymore. No, it's kind yeah. of an older name. And it's got conspiracy overtones because of Paul McCartney. It does, yeah. Who so is dead, which we all know. We've covered this. Yeah. I mean, his career, if nothing else. Like, he hasn't made a decent album in years. But he always has one good, he always has one banger on all the new albums, I feel like. Yeah, that's Yeah, true. that Dance Tonight song was pretty solid. My middle name was almost Jeffrey, and I wonder what my life would have been like if I had been a CJ. I'm not a CJ, <laughs> but if I was born a CJ, that'd be, that'd be weird. CJ McSpadden. CJ Mac, I would probably go by. Oh, you'd have like frosted tips I right would, now, yeah, I'd for sure be a like CJ. a Guido somehow, despite <laughs> having no Italian blood in me. <laughs> so, we're talking today... This is going to be so fucking interesting because this is a case I have looked almost nothing into. Yeah, we're no, looking. It's a, in, it's a crazy. It's there's. It's not as rife as uh, as his brothers, but yeah. I well, I think this one is the more obvious. Well, I, since we brought up his brother, obviously we're talking about the assassination of Robert F. Kennedy, the other JFK. Yeah, I might say my favorite politician. I fucking love RFK, man. Yeah, he was a he was a tiger. I'm kind of a uh, I kind of know if I'm an optimist, but I really do like to believe that there are people that try to do you know good things that get shot. You know, I like to think that there you know there's some level of fucking uh, uh, civic duty being fulfilled. But this is great. There's a great fucking town hall uh, by RFK when he was first running for Senate in New York that you can watch on YouTube that I very much recommend. And he's just cracking jokes. He's just kind of this like sheepish, like cute little fucking boy. And he's just like. And they're like, are you just using this as a platform to run for president? He's like, I don't know. When would I run? I mean, LBJ's going to win. No, shucks. You know? It's fucking, it's great. He's, he gets some good good lines and stuff. It's, uh, it's fucking, I love, I love RFK speeches. I'm a big fan of the guy. He's fucking yeah. very interesting dude. Yeah, he was uh, one of the few people that seemed to really have the ability to unite people at that time. He really did, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because if you listen to that speech he gives after Martin Luther King gets shot, he's talking to an all black audience, and it's like, fuck, that was a that was a that was a tough night to do, to tough, yeah. tough occasion. But he uh, he really crushed it. Yeah, yeah. He was he was great, and the the details around his death, I had never looked into him, but holy shit. You know what bums me out is that hotel because uh, this happened in L.A. has been torn down. I would have I would have fucking gone the, the shit to out of that. Oh yeah, I would love that song. The ambassador. I don't the know. Ambassador. Yeah, I forget what's there now, but I someone told me one time it's something fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's like it's a Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to capitalism. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And also at the end of this episode, we're gonna take more questions for Alex Jones. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm sucking lozenges. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna read your questions. So. Let's get into the RFK assassination. Let's, as we usually do, start with the details of the, the official, official story. The official explanation. Almost the almost the name of this podcast. Yeah. The official story. Yeah. And as much as we say it, it maybe should have been, but we're fine. Yeah, who gives a fuck? At least people know it's a conspiracy podcast. Yeah. We exactly. got it in the name. Yeah. SEO bitch. <laughs> After Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated in the spring of sixty eight. Protests broke out all around the country, as you can imagine, 
And LBJ decided not to seek a second term. I don't know what it was about him that he thought he wasn't going to win in that electoral climate, <laughs> but he decided to not even fucking uh, bother. A lot of it did have to do with the war in Vietnam, though, and, yeah, and how he, he was handling that. And he was just like, God damn it, I just want to smoke cigarettes, eat bacon, and fuck. You do it, Humphreys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dude, uh, that's the fucking great thing about LVJ. As soon as he got out of office, he's on Marine One being flown away. Nixon <laughs> is just taking the oath, and he immediately lights a cigarette, which means he had someone play. He, he's had someone, one of his Get him cigarettes. He's like, these are my I'm done being president cigarettes. Lights went up. His daughter's like, the fuck, dad? You haven't smoked since you had a heart attack. And he's like, yep, uh, I'm done. I'm out. It's, it's all steak and fucking tobacco it from was now on. probably being president that gave him the heart attack anyway. No, he had, he had the heart attack before because I read a really fucking great uh, letter that Hubert Humphrey wrote him uh, after he got the heart attack at the LBJ Museum and he's being such a kiss ass. He's just like, oh, I, I tremble to think of uh, a Senate without uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, and uh, oh, you're, really? you're also very handsome. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was the most, it was the bitchiest damn thing you ever read in your life. But uh, it's uh, good history. Anyway, um, yeah. So he he decides not to run. And he, he decides that not big to run. Speech. Um, RFK was he was considered, like I said, one of the few people who could actually unite the public at this time. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, he had to die. Uh, For sure, yeah. Just after midnight on June 5th, 1968, after addressing a crowd of supporters at the Ambassador Hotel, who were there to celebrate his win in the California primary, he was being escorted through the kitchen uh, by Olympic athlete Rafer Johnson and NFL star Roosevelt Greer? Very weird. Yeah. It was weird that he had just this, like, all-star fucking bodyguard (laughs) team, you know? Well, that's how much people liked him. Like, this was... Yeah, he was a fucking like if he had, like if they had Q scores back then, he would have been off the charts. Like imagine right now if there was a really prominent black athlete who paired up with a white politician just over their stance on civil rights. Oh, that's like, almost like Bernie and like uh, Killer Mike from Run the Jewels. Yeah, it's that kind yeah, of relationship. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah, it's fucking interesting because dude, one of the fucking most hilarious things Hillary Clinton has ever said is uh, they're asking her why she hadn't dropped out of the primaries in two thousand eight. You know, because uh, it was yeah. like the math was looking bad for her, or whatever. And then she was just like. Well, Robert Kennedy was murdered. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, Hillary, you evil bitch. I love you. That's such a great answer, though. I mean, it, and it's here's the thing. Kind of valid. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's perfect. Perfectly valid. This guy. Uh, oh, and was, she was running against Obama, too. So. Dude, yeah. The, yeah, kind of like if RFK had, you know, lived to be mediocre. But... Uh, <laughs> No, I like Obama, but uh, but you're right, dude. I was fucking. I was watching. We forget how much goddamn swag 08 Obama had. I was watching a clip of him uh, at the debates. It was John Edwards was still at it. I remember because uh, they asked him about Bill Clinton being the first black president. He gives a very thoughtful answer, you know, whatever about how he's deserved to be a friend of the black community. Yeah, and then he just says, "I'd like to uh, investigate further uh, Bill's uh, dancing abilities," you know, and just <laughs> fucking murdering. And you're like. God damn, dude. I remember this guy was the truth. Yeah. You could tell, like, year two, I remember very distinctly watching one press conference when I was a kid, and I was just like, oh, he lost it, man. He's fucking tired. Obama is yeah. he's not getting enough sleep. You know, he's, he's smoking again. He, but then he, he got his swagger back by the end. Yeah, he did. He did. So, yeah, Secret Service protection at the time didn't extend to presidential candidates. Which is interesting. Because yeah. that just seems like a no-brainer now. But I guess at that point, they're just like, no, no, you're fucking on your own. Yeah, and especially hot on the heels of yeah. JFK being assassinated. 
You would think they'd at least put a little extra protection around the brother of the president. Oh, for sure. And I would hire private people if I was like, if I had had lunch with the Kennedys, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to need to be fucking mobbed up. Yeah, because see, that's a, that's a thing, too. I bet he could have hired, I mean, he obviously could have hired private security. And, and everything I've read about him, they, they, they talk about him like he's making speeches and he's like, no, I want to go out and touch people. I want to yeah. show them that I'm not afraid, you know, which yeah. is like a baller move. Not Maybe not a smart one, but I yeah. mean, it's also just like, yeah, that's probably what made him so fucking beloved. Yeah, but sometimes it's the better move for the people to be a little afraid. Yeah, like, no, for sure. Sometimes, oh, dude, if you want to see the greatest episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm that ever happened in real life, watch the movie Mitt on Netflix where uh, Mitt, it's about Mitt Romney and the, oh, and the yeah. campaigns losing the election. It's a great moment. Many great moments in the movie Mitt that I fucking enjoy a lot. Uh, but the last uh, the last scene is him just trying to tell a Secret Service detail. He's like, you guys don't have to drive me back to the house. No one's going <laughs> to shoot me. It's People have already <laughs> forgotten who I am. I just want to issue vague statements of concern over the national climate and fucking die in Utah. Like, can you guys just buzz off? And they're just like, we have to do it. He's like, okay, fuck it, fine. Thanks, guys. I, 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 gift, I left you the gift card. You guys all got your Amazon gift cards from... Okay, <laughs> later. Yeah, I want to watch that. I haven't Dude, seen that, that movie rips so hard. There's a great moment where he's losing the first time around, and they're like, uh, "I'm always the I'm always the flip flopper and the Mormon." And then and they're like, "Well, yeah, you could you know change your religion." He's like, "Yeah, that wouldn't help the flip flopping thing." <laughs> like, yeah, Romney, you're a pretty funny, dude. It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah, it's a good line. So yeah, no Secret Service protection. So they're going through the kitchen just before they reach the rear exit. A 22-year-old palace... exit. (laughs) (laughs) Just before they reach the rear exit... A 22-year-old... while I'm drinking, Adam. No air horns (laughs) while I'm drinking. A 22-year-old Palestinian man named Sirhan Sirhan stepped forward with a rolled-up campaign poster. He was hungry like the wolf. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They concealed a 22 revolver. He was a, it's a good way to shoot a politician, though. Fucking smart yeah. strategy. Yeah. He was a foot away from Kennedy when he fired several shots. A note in his pocket revealed he was angry at Kennedy over a deal to sell arms to Israel. Robert F. Kennedy died the next day. And I've talked about this book a lot, but in that book, uh, Brothers by David Talbot, they're talking about like the people that were with him while he was dying. They're, they're just like, he was just like, Jack, Jack. And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, I almost... I took it out of the notes but uh i read an article while i was researching this about that waiter who's in that really famous picture of him after he's already on the floor and that waiter who's cradling his head Mm -hmm. and that guy is like in his 50s or 60s now and he still is fucking wrecked over that because he's like if i didn't stop him to shake his hand would he maybe have not Oh, God, yeah. And then, like, it's not just, this isn't just, like, a guy that died. I mean, not to diminish that if that's what it was, but it's also, like, the trajectory of human history was altered as fuck. Right, Super-duper altered. This was not any, this was the Nixon election. Like, this was a big deal. And one of the last things he said to this kid, uh, he was, like, Kennedy was looking around, and he said, is everything okay? And then he looked at the kid and said, everything's going to be okay. 
Oh, <laughs> that's brutal. So yeah, that would that I, would fuck a person. I know I've told this story the bottom before, but it bears repeating. There's a uh, Joy Ann Reed, the MSNBC uh, host who I've mixed uh, feelings about, was on a podcast and she was talking to like future prospects for the like the Democratic Party. And she's like, I think Joe Kennedy the third is a star if he wants to run, but I would hate to ask him to since his family's given so much already. And she's, and I'm just like, you're just acknowledging that anytime a Kennedy <laughs> runs for president or is president, they will get shot in the head. Like, is that what you're yeah. implying there? That's got a weird <laughs> that's a she's making a good point though yeah I mean, hey you want to put another kid up to possibly get assassinated oh yeah when teddy ran against jimmy carter and Je- I, well, it's weird when you read about jimmy carter actually kind of an asshole very subtle yeah. but yeah he was just like i'll whoop his ass boy <laughs> that's what he said they're like i'll whoop his ass oh <laughs> uh, so let's talk about some of the problems with the official story. And aren't there always problems? There are so many problems with this one, though. Yeah. Uh, the Just the medical evidence uh, points to the fact that something other than what they say actually happened. Uh, because the medical evidence shows that Kennedy was shot four times from behind mm. from a distance of one to six inches the fatal shot entered one inch behind Kennedy's right ear. Mm. All witnesses placed Sirhan in front of Kennedy. Yeah, that's that's weird. A lot of like everyone that if you want to kill a Kennedy, you got to have like magic kryptonite bullets. <laughs> exactly. Apparently, they have to defy ballistics. So, not a single witness put Sirhan's gun closer than one foot from Kennedy's head. Most witnesses say it was more like three feet away. Mm. I think I put the video clip in here, but there's a really great A&E documentary from a long time ago that apparently only aired once, and they tear the official story fucking apart. Oh, yeah, and fucking from what we learned of the D.B. Cooper episode about the, you know, like, TV documentaries <laughs> and the FBI, there may have been a little bit of hush money exchange. Yeah, that's probably why it only aired once. Yeah. But in the, shit's so creepy, dude. In that one, there's a cop who's being interviewed about it, and he keeps saying over and over that the shots were fired from in front from like two to three feet away. Yeah. And all the medical evidence, like it's not like rumors say the medical evidence shows. Like, no, it's the official report shows yeah. he was shot from one inch behind his ear. There were gunpowder burns on his fucking head. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the gunpowder ricocheted off the wallpaper and he came back <laughs> around. And it's like a thing of like, so some dude in a suit walked over to the A&E offices and he just was like, puts his briefcase down on the desk. He's like, thanks for seeing me on such short notice. Uh, so tell me, you guys like making TV? You guys like being alive and having families? Is this uh, these hobbies that you enjoy? Here's the thing. You did great ratings on that Bobby Kennedy documentary. I got to tell you, I watched it. Didn't like what I saw. <laughs> And the rest is no longer history. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So based just on that, just on the fact that medical evidence showed shots from behind, all witnesses say Sirhan was in front. In his memoir, former L.A. County coroner Thomas Noguchi, who was the coroner at the time, says, thus, I have never said that Sirhan Sirhan killed Robert Kennedy. So that's crazy. Yeah. There's also the bullets. There were seven bullets that were recovered from six victims in the pantry. Another bullet was lost somewhere embedded in the ceiling. So that fits. He was carrying a gun that held eight bullets. The problem is there's an FBI agent who also photographed four additional bullet holes in the pantry. This concerned the LAPD to the point that nine years later, they asked the FBI to retract the claim. (sighs) The FBI has never retracted that claim. Wow. 
So that's something. It's fucking. It really is like every one-hour crime drama. Like when you, whenever you read about this shit, it's like there is like huge rivalries between local law enforcement and the, the at the federal yeah. level, and then you know between the FBI and the CIA and the federal government. And it's like they're all kind of like fuck you. I can handle this the best. Yeah, you know. So I mean, just like shit like this, and like, but you're not helping anybody <laughs> at all. You, you're all, you're all like doing. You're all just getting in the way and turning this into a Three Stooges situation. Yeah. I thought this part was really interesting. A man named Stanislav Prashinsky was accidentally recording audio at the scene, which right there I heard that and was like, no, that makes no sense. But there's video of what happened. He was recording Kennedy's speech Uh and just picked up his tape recorder and started walking away without stopping the recording. Yeah. So when he was walking through the kitchen, he was still recording. And it's really crude audio, but an audio expert examined that recording and found evidence of 13 shots, including two pairs of shots that happened too close together to have come from the same gun. Mm. And this guy, we can't watch all of this because it's kind of long, but this guy explains it pretty well. And... uh, this is actually an epilogue to a documentary we'll mention later called RFK Must Die. So this is evidence that wasn't even in that original documentary, which is also pretty fucking compelling. Yeah. Uh, Phil Van Prague. known recording of the actual gunshots uh, was this recording made by Mr. Pruszynski, and which is somewhat ironic in that Pruszynski was not aware at the time he made the recording that he, in fact, was still recording. He had set up his microphone and his cassette recorder up at the podium area, had recorded Kennedy's victory And let's go win there. And after that had concluded, <laughs> what he, he says. came back up to the podium. Let's go to the kitchen. And his recorder. <laughs> let's yeah, all so go to the lobby and find ourselves a snack. The point at which the shooting began. He continued to walk into the entryway to Ooh, the Ooh, that place looks so... All old buildings, like... Here's the tape. This is a poor recording, and, and that's unfortunate. That's saying, I mean, that's it would have been putting it mildly. If this had been a high-quality recording made but, with professional equipment right on the scene and uh, as it was happening in the Let's get to panel, where this guy... So we have to make do with what we have. Over this period of the last three years, what I found was basically three different discoveries. Uh, the first discovery was 13 shot sounds over a little bit over a five-second See this guy I trust. Yeah. Like he's a two shots and then this is a not pause a kook. of about one and a third second. And he's using audacity just like we do. <laughs> yeah. Succeeding shots. What kind of expert doesn't of use the best available free shots. software <laughs> yeah, on the market? I was about to say. <laughs> look at part of the shot sequence right up to the Doesn't use screen. what the 12-year-olds use to make YouTube videos about their Xbox Live exploits. So you can hear the shots. The yeah. The discovery was that within those 13 shot sounds, there are two instances of what I call double shots. And those are two shots that occur so close together as to make it really very difficult to believe how they could have possibly come from a single gun. So that guy, that video, you can go watch the rest if you want. It's called Epilogue to RFK Must Die. And it's an examination of this recording this guy made. 
And this guy also is convinced that there were multiple shots fired in that room. More shots were fired in that room. And than- it, it, yeah, I mean, I know he's talking about the double shots, but it sounds like more than seven, even just to the fucking untrained ear. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's also the A&E documentary. It's narrated by goddamn Bill Curtis. Called You Didn't See Nothing. <laughs> Narrated by Bill Curtis. Who's Bill Curtis? I'm sorry. Uh, he's the narrator in Anchorman. If oh, okay. You've seen Anchorman, but he's also the narrator on like Forensic Files and all these really famous. He's just uh, like a like a pro ass narrator. Yeah. Okay. He's just got he's got the the golden voice. Nice. And if you can go out and find that, which you can, it's on YouTube. Uh, watch that. You will learn a lot about this uh, conspiracy. Let's talk about one of my favorite details, though. The girl in the polka dot dress. Ooh. God that sounds... damn it. Why isn't this the more popular conspiracy theory? No, this sounds like a fucking great Susie and the Banshee song. <laughs> Ooh, I want to fucking have sex to this song. <laughs> uh, so this, the girl in the polka dot dress. One thing I like about it is every word of it feels true to me, even though it's a crazy fucking story. Yeah, it's bananas. Uh, the idea that Sirhan Sirhan had been was under hypnosis of some sort when he committed this crime has floated around forever. Yeah. Uh, this is a quote from LAPD officer Randolph Adair. The guy was real confused. It was like it didn't exactly hit him what he had done. He had a black, glassed-over look on his face, like he wasn't in complete control of his mind at the time. Okay, hmm. yeah. I mean, I think I feel like I'd look pretty uh, out of sorts if I was killing, you know, the, a, a senator. <laughs> but I get that. He had been hypnotized around the time of the assassination because he had already said he was hypnotized. So they figured, hey, let's hypnotize him again and see, if, see if we knock anything loose. Yeah, see if we can get him to confess. But the problem is both times, his defense and the prosecution, when they hypnotized him, they did it with the assumption that he was guilty. Yeah. So they hypnotized him going in and just basically said, all right, you're hypnotized now, so confess. Yeah. Tell us what happened. And he never did. He never confessed under those circumstances. But he was uh, interviewed under hypnosis again at a later point in a more open-ended way. And he remembered meeting a girl in a polka dot dress This is his quote. I'm trying to figure out how to hit on her. That's all that I can think about. I was fascinated with her looks. I just wrote down my phone number and I gave it to (laughs) you. That was a callback to an episode you might have heard. Fuck. I got to stop doing that. She never said much. It was very erotic. I was consumed by her. She was a seductress with an unspoken unavailability. This guy is very poetic the way he talks about, like, you know, trying to smash. Yeah, I've never heard much from this guy, but he does seem like he's not. He's not. It doesn't sound like, a com- yeah. like an imbecile, you know. Uh, I don't know if he's was, he's he Palestine native and he emigrated to America. Yeah, I okay. believe so. I mean, this is great, especially English as a second native language. Saying unspoken unavailability. That, yeah. that is a very good way to describe a hot aloof girl. <laughs> uh, Sandy Serrano. This is an interesting uh, detail here. Yeah, she, she actually lived in a uh, an underground dome. <laughs> <laughs> she was <laughs> befriended a sponge. <laughs> she was a Kennedy campaign volunteer. She told NBC News reporter Sander Vanacore on live TV about seeing a young woman in a polka dot dress and a male companion who passed her on a fire escape. The woman in the polka dot dress said, we shot him, we shot him. When Serrano asked who they shot, the woman said, Senator Kennedy, and ran off. (laughs) 
a witness in the pantry. You made, you made a you made a good character choice for that woman's voice. You're just like <laughs> I don't know. She's a Boston drunk. <laughs> She's a woman in the '60s. Uh, a witness in the pantry. Vincent. I'm gonna go burn my bra. <laughs> A witness in the pantry, Vincent DePiro. That's the worst C.S. Lewis novel. <laughs> a witness in the pantry. Uh, Vincent DePiro, he told the LAPD about a woman in a white dress with dark polka dots who seemed to be holding Sirhan just before the shooting. This is uh, according to Sirhan. She pinched him on the shoulder, then spun him around to see people coming through the pantry door. And then this is a quote. Then I was on the target range. A flashback to the shooting range. I didn't know that I had a gun. Jesus. And and it's, it's, it's she so she did some weird Vulcan magic and then like triggered the shit with him. Basically, this is uh, also from that A and E documentary. If that's true, then who fired the fatal shots? The answer may lie in the testimony of several bystanders who heard a mysterious young couple claim responsibility in the moments after the shooting. Damn, what a voice! The story of the woman in the polka dot dress. Right. And others suppressed evidence when the Robert Kennedy assassination returns here on A and E. Glad I got that whole uh, send off to commercial in there. Oh, it was worth it to hear Bill Curtis, dude. He's the goat. <laughs> Kennedy was shot. Several witnesses reported seeing two people escape from the hotel, boasting they had killed the candidate. But far from welcoming this testimony, the L.A. police, who were already destroying substantial amounts of evidence allegedly harassed the witnesses to change their stories. Let's, uh... Her account in a television interview this less is than an hour Sandy after the shooting. She would be browbeaten by the LAPD and has never spoken out since. Running down the stairs in the back, came running down the stairs and said, we've shot him, we've shot him. And I says, who did you shoot? And she says, we shot Sen- well, it clearly worried him because it was inconsistent with our conclusion. That's- Paula Poundstone so that was- did a lot of good work <laughs> investigating. Yeah, that's uh, that's wild because that's like at the time of the, this is like that's like that was the footage taken right after it happened. Right, right? immediately yeah. after, like the same night because she she was on Cam- Kennedy's campaign. Yeah, she was yeah, one of his yeah. volunteers, so she was there. And it's like the fact that these stories are not. These people have no communication with each other. This lady's not going to be able to talk to a guy that's in fucking federal right. holding cell, nor is that guy able to watch the news while he's, you know, being forced to strip naked by LAPD and <laughs> called racial slurs. So there's, it's, uh, it's it's interesting that the detail is uh, is present in different accounts that would have no chance of collusion. Right. And there's also an audio recording in that same A&E documentary of a detective uh, who has Sandy Serrano hooked up to a lie detector or a polygraph, and he's like basically trying to coerce her into saying that she didn't see this and that this didn't happen. Whoa. And she's just like, no, I saw what I saw, yeah. and I'm not going to change my story. So good for her. You got but- fucking, yeah, Obi-Wan just like, no, you ain't see shit, You're tripping. So what's crazy about that is that part sounds insane because what, what they're implying there with the whole woman in the polka dot dress theory is that basically Sirhan Sirhan was hypnotized as kind of a long con kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And at the given moment, this woman gave him some sort of stimulus that uh, triggered him into just firing indiscriminately at people. Yeah. Which sounds nuts. Like it does, but it's also like, I don't know. Is that would that be the craziest thing that ever happened? Well, it's the thing is we 
we've already confirmed that the government for decades was at least looking into mind control. Yeah, I mean, of course, I mean that's like some type of shit where you'd, you'd come up with that and you'd be like, yeah, a, I'll throw a billion dollars at that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's not the uh, kind of thing where if they did figure it out. That they would come out and be like, "Hey, hey guys, we guess, cracked mind control." You know, we got this that doesn't really do out. a lot because like there are certain things you're like you want everyone to know you have a hydrogen bomb because it's like, "Hey, don't fuck with us, we have a hydrogen bomb." You know, right. that makes sense to publish it. But mind control, it's like, no, I'm keeping that. I'm playing that one close <laughs> to the goddamn vest, my friend. Uh, so it, 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 the the thing that is almost kind of disqualifyingly strange about it is it's like so we we came up with mind control and we only used it to kill Robert Kennedy. You don't see a lot of other people throughout history in assassination cases or, or any other circumstance being accused of being mind-controlled. Uh, John, uh, who shot John Lennon? John Hinckley? Oh, uh, no, that's not John Hinckley. That's fucking... That's, uh... Fucking fatso. Yeah, who the fuck shot Kennedy? Or shot uh, uh, John Lennon? John Lennon. Oh, shit. It's not John Hinckley Jr. He shot Reagan. <laughs> God damn it. I'm gonna remember it. The ma- I know people as in As soon the- as I start Googling it. Yeah. John... I feel like it's a John. I feel like it's a John too. Mark, Mark David, David Chapman. Chapman. If you got three names, you're a serial killer. And I got yeah. my eye on you, Adam Todd Brown. <laughs> you're an assassin, I mean. But Mark David Chapman was also, because he's that, we should do an episode about the fucking Catcher in the Rye sometime. Oh, for sure. Uh, because he's one of those. Yo, that shit is like the stooges of fucking murder. Like, in ter- <laughs> like, like what they did for punk rock, that's Catcher in the Rye for killing people. <laughs> And Mark David Chapman's one of those people who had Catcher on the Rye, Catcher in the Rye on him when he committed his crime. Yeah, but uh, the, it's like the White Lighter thing with all those uh, the people in the Twenty Seven Club. You ever see that when someone someone will no. hand you a White Lighter and you go, "Oh, it's bad luck," you know, or whatever? Because uh, I guess a lot of rock stars have died with a White Lighter in their pocket. Oh, really? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that on a podcast once because different colored lighters are different uh, are bad luck in different parts of the country interesting i'd only ever heard the white lighter I just, but it was just from some annoying girl at a bar so i don't know how fucking true that is yeah where i was from it was yellow lighters and it was just for no reason they were just bad luck <laughs> interesting <laughs> so back to mind control like there there have been documents released declassified official government documents about a few different programs that we ran in the name of uh figuring out if mind control was a thing we could do And the first one was called Project Artichoke. Here's a quote from one of the declassified artichoke documents. Can an individual be made to perform an act of attempted assassination involuntarily under the influence of artichoke? And artichoke is in uh, all caps. So they're asking, they're not asking if an actual artichoke could make a person. Yeah, if you could watch enough Veggie Tales and then (laughs) become a Christian. But what's interesting to me about that is this is the program that eventually spawned mk ultra one of the most badass names for anything fantastic Dude, name. if they had a cologne called mk ultra i would <laughs> douse myself in that shit before i left the house fantastic name really insidious program for sure yeah it yeah, was yeah. a terrible terrible thing that we're probably still doing under a different name probably but something how do we how do we come up with a cooler name artichoke's easy to talk about mk ultra <laughs> But the fucking Black Force Extreme <laughs> <laughs> presents the apocalypse. Ooh, my! But my question there would be: Would MK Ultra have happened if they pumped all this money into Artichoke and found nothing? We we throw money at a lot of stupid shit. Yeah, I mean, you, you can read about some great, like you know, about Acoustic Kitty, right? 
Uh, yeah, you talked about yeah, that. Yeah, I think I told about that. I mean, and then there's like the firebomb bats, and yeah. then like you know, like something about dog. They did some goofy shit with dogs. But acoustic kitty, that's not an expensive. Like we could technically do that. Also, I got the, the, a mic that would fit down a cat's throat. <laughs> Why are we going down throat? We're putting it in the butt, Adam. Don't be fucking <laughs> oh, stupid okay. over here. Uh, no, there's that. There's like remote viewing. My dad had a bunch yeah. of books about remote viewing and it's just like, they just, okay, so we, we, we spent $200,000 putting a bunch of people in a room and they thought really hard and they yeah. just drew missile silo fucking blobs and it's like, but, okay. But this was like a decades long program yeah no like, i mean mk like some... ultra ran for at least 20 years but this is the thing it's like you know i mean like if, if it took 20 years to build a nuclear bomb and we'd theorize that it was possible or some kind of like we'd throw money at it i mean this oh, might yeah, have gone sure. nowhere I, I, yeah I, i'm kind of trying to play devil's advocate but i can see it either way i wouldn't yeah. be fucking surprised if they had that capability it just seems it just feels like something that'd be tough to develop in the 1960s considering we'd, we'd still barely know dick shit about the brain yeah um, there's, I was going to play another video, but those videos sound crazy. But in that A&E documentary also, there's an interview with a hypnosis expert named William Bryan, who was a consultant on the film The Manchurian Candidate. And he discussed how this process would work. And what he said is you would have to have access to the person for a long time. Okay. Uh, and just basically be able to feed them. Uh, these suggestions over a long course of time, it might involve some abuse, it might involve some torture, uh, but you would basically just be conditioning someone to respond to a specific set of stimuli yeah. in a specific way. Like what Aku's daughters did in season of five course. of Samurai Jack. Yeah, obviously. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> what's really interesting, there's a British talk show hosted by a guy named Stephen Fry, mm-hmm. and he recreated the girl in the polka dot dress theory. What he did, he had a hypnosis expert work with this guy. And I get that this could all have been staged. Yeah, for sure. But he uh, had this hypnosis expert work with this guy for like, uh, I think it was a month. And they just told him that he'd be doing something on uh, this Stephen Fry show under hypnosis, basically. Yeah. And they... Worked with him for a month. On the the day they're they're recording the show, they sit him in the back row, and while he's in the back row, a woman turns or comes and sits in front of him wearing a polka dot dress. And they had programmed him to, when he sees this polka dot dress and hears this certain cell phone ringtone, he's supposed to stand up, touch his head, and then start shooting at whoever he's told to shoot at. So this woman sits in front of him, and the cell phone ringtone goes off, and he, she turns around, looks at him, and goes, Stephen Fry is your target. And he fucking stood up, put his hand on his head, and started shooting a fucking gun loaded with blanks at Stephen Fry. Damn. <laughs> and I mean... <laughs> That's crazy. They could have staged it, but it's also, like, they did have a fucking... Like, hypnosis is a thing that happens. It is, yeah, yeah. Like, we've all been to those comedy shows... Where people are like, Boy, have we? <laughs> like hypnosis isn't real, and then they're fucking clucking like chickens on yeah, stage, yeah, and sure. it's someone you came with. So I, you know. I wonder, I wonder how much access they would have had to Sirhan Sirhan before this took place. Like, you, like I, how much do we know about this guy's backstory? Because I haven't really seen a lot about that. Well, there are witnesses that saw Sirhan Sirhan with these two people, not only in the moments leading up to the shooting and the hours before it. But also, like a few days or weeks prior, there's one interesting. There's one witness who saw them at a shooting range, oh. and they they described the way Sirhan Sirhan was shooting 
was almost like a kind of glazed over yeah just like really fucking going after it to the point that people are like what the fuck is up with that guy so i mean there's evidence that he did know this woman and that there was another accomplice i mean there's so much evidence that there were other people so weird that she would say like we shot him. We shot him. Who'd you shoot? Senator Kennedy, dipshit. It's so weird. Like You'd feel like yeah. if she was involved in this price, she would have kept a lower profile. Just a lot of fucking weird shit going on. Because man. here's the thing. What if Sandy Serrano is the one who set up President Kennedy? By the way, sounds like a terrible fucking Stan Lee character. <laughs> Sandy Serrano is the new Spider-Man. But she could have set this up and been like, yeah, we saw a woman in a polka dot dress who was running and said, so you never know. Yeah. It, it could be uh, any number of things, but it does seem What's like something weird. Somebody happens. probably knows. They'll never tell us, and we'll uh, just have to continue living. <laughs> right. Uh, so in 2012, a witness named Nina Rhodes Hughes came forward and claimed there was a second shooter in the pantry that night. She also said this in her initial statement. You got so much into mind control, I forgot, like, oh, yeah, there was probably a second gunman. <laughs> God, yeah, it's so fucked. Uh, she said, she also said in her initial statement, uh, way back when it happened, but claimed authorities altered her account. That's something they do. She identified 15 errors in the official report where she was misquoted regarding details. Two comma splices. (laughs) (laughs) Where she was misquoted about the number of shots fired or the number of shooters present. And, uh, this is a quote from her. I saw his left profile, and then very, very quickly he was through greeting, and he turned and went into the original direction that he was being ushered to. At that point, I saw the back of his head and part of his shoulders and back. My eyes were totally on him, and all of a sudden I started hearing popping sounds, which I thought at first were flashbulbs from a camera. And Sirhan Sirhan's lawyer, William Pepper, said this to CNN. Bill Pepper here. (laughs) Call me if you ever need to get out of a jam. (laughs) He said that observation is vital. Her clear recollection of being some short distance behind the senator and seeing his left profile and then seeing him quickly turning so that the back of his head was in her sight at the time the shooting began. This reveals that the senator was almost directly facing Sirhan just before he took three shots from behind in his back, and behind his right ear at powder burn range, making it impossible for Sirhan to have been Robert Kennedy's shooter. It clearly evidences the existence of a second gunman who fired from below and upward at the senator. (sighs) Many researchers have cast suspicion on Thane Eugene Caesar, who was a security guard with right-wing views on race, who was escorting Kennedy by the arm through the pantry. Why was he the guy doing it? I guess they're, just, I mean, I, they, if they didn't have their own detail, he's probably like, yeah, hey, hey, give me one of your guys. I got my <laughs> NFL friends. We'll be totally cool. Uh, he was, according to some witnesses, seen drawing his gun and possibly firing it. There's even one witness in one of the documentaries I watched who says that when he fell to the ground after hearing the shots, he looked up and saw this guy pointing his gun like at the ground toward Kennedy. So that's... And then he's like, overkill, put it away. (laughs) And uh, he was... Some witnesses saw him draw his gun. He also told false false stories about a twenty two he owned, claiming he sold it before the assassination when he actually sold it 
after. Oh, geez. That's so crazy thinking that someone might have just bought a discount gun and it's like, oh, yeah, this is the gun that killed or helped kill Robert Kennedy. Yeah. I almost wonder if that guy just heard the, sh- the shot start firing out and he's like, well, if I'm going down, I'm taking this fucking Mexican negotiator <laughs> with me. <laughs> That's not a crazy explanation to me. Yeah. But this guy would have been, according to the the trajectory the bullets entered, this guy would have been the perfect person or he's the perfect suspect. Yeah, yeah. Because if he's escorting him by the arm, basically what they kind of, the people who think there's another explanation, what they think happened is someone basically put their arm around Kennedy's head or neck and uh, shot him once behind the ear, once in the back, and another time that like, went through his jacket but it's like an execution and he was the bullet that killed him went behind his ear there's no way the guy in front yeah, sir, fired that, done that shot shit. yeah and it the, the trajectory of the bullet does resemble someone just grabbing you and putting a gun right here and pulling the trigger yeah so it's maybe it was this the guy. powder burns the fucking powder burns Adam. yeah powder burns do not travel like yeah, the, no. there is no magic powder burn. You can't get powder burns on the front and back of your head. Yeah, I was. I was what I was thinking about the Stephen Fry thing is I feel like they would have gotten powder burns for somebody. You know, like oh yeah, for sure. Getting torched up in the fucking anyway. Because um, you can kill someone with a blank. Like if you just have a blank and a gun and you put it up to you, like it's gonna. There's pressure being released. Like yeah, yeah it's gonna fuck. There you was. Up. I remember there was an actor in the '80s who had he had just been on some show for like a year. He was like a new actor and. That's how he died. He was fucking around with a starter pistol and put it to his head thinking it wouldn't kill him. (laughs) It'll kill you. Uh, So I have a section here about did the CIA kill RFK? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah, that's what they mean. (laughs) They kill Kennedys. That's the whole thing. I don't like there is. That's what the documentary RFK must die is about. And it points to three CIA agents, David Sanchez Morales, Gordon Campbell and George Joannidis. Uh, as having been at the hotel that night for no reason. They weren't there on any official CIA business yeah. that anyone can tell. But this was kind of discredited later. Uh, for one thing, George Campbell died six years before the assassination. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for him to be there. Uh, also, Unless you know about the secret zombie <laughs> technology. <laughs> the other two people were later identified as... Uh, two people working for Bulova, a watch company, uh, who were there for the company's convention. But O'Sullivan stands by his story and says Bulova is a well-known CIA cover. And you know what? Fuck it. I believe him. <laughs> yeah, that's their nothing-to-see flower truck, you know, yeah. <laughs> that you see, like, in The Simpsons or whatever. I pulled up a list of suspected CIA front companies. That's something I've never even fucking thought of, but that certainly exists. Oh, my exists. God. CNN's on the fucking list. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could... And while you're adding logos, you might as well throw a few to get the fucking list shared around, you know? Arby's is actually a conspiracy. Ooh. So... That's that's the RFK assassination conspiracy. It's uh it's a good one. Yeah, I feel like it's not as uh, easy to come to a you know kind of a, a, a fucking easy conclusion as it is with the uh, the JFK one. But I mean, there's, yeah, there's a fucking lot going on. Yeah, the JFK one. It's harder to kind of sell people on the idea that something else happened. But with RFK, I think it's pretty easy. There's just no. Yeah, it just doesn't. Well, just the just the ballistic issues alone are fucking yeah. tremendous. All right, let's take Alex Jones' questions. Where are they? Okay. Uh, if you just go on my, I just put out a tweet. Yeah, that'll, 
expand the replies on that motherfucker yeah. right there. Okay. <laughs> Time for Demon Alex Jones questions. You ready? Yeah. From Zachary Johnston. What happened to Dennis Leary's career? He turned into Keith Olbermann. Next question. <laughs> From Ashley Bess. Besides gay frogs, what, hel- what else has the poison water turned gay? Well, it's obvious. Music. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> at Nemi Cakes says, do you recommend any particular methods to defend my corpse from organ harvesters in the hospital? I'd start with not dying, and if you've been a listener of the show for a while, you know how to secure a horcrux for you and your family. <laughs> Zach Kowalski says, what kind of spells should I learn to fight the globalists? Magic missile is a good place to start. <laughs> Brian Powers, what's your opinion of criticizing the government through performance art? Isn't performance art for the gay frogs? Uh, it's a difficult question. I don't exactly know <laughs> what you're trying to ask me. Uh, Kyle Evan Pruitt, or Kyle Evan Pratt, sorry. How is Texas recovering from the Jade Helm invasion? <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about, and quite frankly, that means that you've gone off the deep end. <laughs> do you not know what Jade Helm is? Uh, no. We should, we should do an episode about Jade Helm someday. Uh, I, I gotta go back to Texas. I'm Alex Jones. <laughs> Logan Miller. <laughs> How many gay frogs do the lizard people need to control the weather from their base in Alaska? 38. Next question. Last question. Gabriel says, where's Randall Maynard's body? Some believe it's underneath the 40-yard line of a football stadium I don't remember off the top of my head. (laughs) I'll just tell you this. I know for an empirical fact, and you're not going to hear this anywhere else in the world. I know definitively, and I can tell you people this right now today, (laughs) in this moment in time and space. Randall Maynard's body is underneath a stupid hat of some kind or another. <laughs> that was a good answer. <laughs> All right. We should wrap it up. This was fun. Yeah, man. Uh, what do we have to plug? Do we have anything to plug? This episode is going up uh, Monday. Okay. So the 7th. And this will be, this is a free episode. So oh, okay, all cool. the people will hear it. All the people. Uh, come fucking see me. Uh headlining the rec room in Huntington Beach I think on December 12th my calendar's being goofy but uh, yeah just go on my website connorexpand.com slash shows and fucking see where I'm playing I'd love to see you guys talk to you I'll fucking hang out with you that's the thing if you come to the show yeah. I will talk we to hang. you we, we hang. hang we hang and we uh, listen to the Mean Boys podcast yeah um, The Darkest Hour is back that show is November 10th at 11.30pm that's a Friday Westside Comedy Theater in Santa fucking Monica. great show if you want to see comedians really just enjoy themselves you yeah. know and finally get to be the, be themselves it's a fun <laughs> fun time so Good go check times. it out and uh, come to our live podcast last Saturday of every month at the Hollywood Hotel we'll have more details on the next one soon hell yeah and I think that's it should we get the fuck out of here let's do it man Connor say goodbye bye everybody goodbye everybody we love you <laughs>